Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's a, it's a nursing crisis in Canada. More and more nurses are leaving the profession, or at least leaving Canada to practice nursing elsewhere, maybe the United States. Linda Silas is the president of the Canadian Federation of Nurses Unions. Hi, Linda. Good afternoon, Roy. Is it an overstatement to say that there is a nursing crisis in Canada? Not at all. Uh, it's a reality, and any policymaker, politician who thinks it's not a crisis, they should just go knock at any doors of a hospital in this country or a long-term care facility. So share with us, please, how this nursing crisis is manifesting itself in various healthcare environments. And I'm just going to run something by you here and just get your thoughts on this. We've had twice now very troubling, very troubling uh, stories, incidents of people dying while waiting for care in emergency rooms. They've been there for hours, days. I think in one case it was two days. I could be corrected on that. But is that, and I don't want to overstep here, but could that be a manifestation of the nursing shortage? What I do know for sure is all those cases, and it's not only those uh, who are who have passed away in our emergency rooms, but it's also those who stay way too long without being uh, receiving any medical treatment or assessment. Um, there's not enough people. There's not enough people to watch uh, patients that are in our emergency rooms, that are in the wait uh, rooms. Uh, waiting rooms, uh, and is it a symptom? It's a symptom for sure. Uh, I worked in the emergency room, yes, uh, a long time ago, but uh, we did have enough staff to not only triage our patient, because you're triaged when you walk in. Uh, if you're lucky enough to walk in, Roy, let's remember many of these emergency rooms are closing because of the lack of, short, yeah. uh, lack of staff. Yeah. But you're also kept up. You, you know, there's staff there to be able to go check on you. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, just talking too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, so we have a situation then where nurses are experiencing burnout. There's just too much, too much work. Double shifting. I mean, I've read about the double shifting. I've received emails from nurses in Canada saying, look, I go to work and expect to work an eight-hour shift or a 12-hour shift or whatever the case may be, where they are employed. But suddenly, it doubles up. Yeah. And, uh, and so and it happens over and over. So that has to be a very significant issue for the nurse, for the patient, for the entire healthcare system. Yes, for sure. And those nurses who do the double shift or the 24 hours uh, or sleep at the hospital, that makes the news. What doesn't make the news is when you're working your 8-hour or 12-hour shift and there's nobody to replace you and you have to stay 2, 3, 4 hours extra, that doesn't make the 6 o'clock news. But that puts a big pressure on this nurse family, on the either children or the, the whole family. Whatever he or she had planned after their shift is completely destroyed. And also, they're tired. They're burnt out. 
they get sick easily because they just never know when they're going to go home when they go into a workplace. So how much of an issue is it across the country, not just in one province? Sometimes you get a one province that gets a lot of attention. Uh, generally, one of the larger provinces like Ontario, British Columbia, Quebec, they get they get the lion's share of attention. But how much of an issue is it nationally? The nurses are saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go find work elsewhere. How many nurses are, I, I, I don't want a number from me, but is it, um, is it a, a, an appreciable fact the nurses are leaving their profession in Canada to go elsewhere where they're treated differently, where the pay may be better, in the United States. Is that an appreciable reality? Or retiring early, is that, an, is that noticeable in the system? Yeah, th- those retiring early, uh, that's noticeable. We're talking about 25% uh, who are 55 and over who, who are saying, uh, where's the exit door? We have internal studies that say one in two nurses want to change jobs. Uh, and then there's the rest who just want to go part-time or casual. Uh, so that's putting more pressure into the vacancy. Stat Canada just came out with a report They've been reporting the overtime in the healthcare system since 1997-ish, and it's the month of July was the worst month they've ever seen. Uh, nurses, in particular, do two and a half times more overtime than any other worker in the country. So they sounded an alarm. We turned around and asked uh, Stat Canada, "Can you look at the vacancy report uh, that they came out in May and June?" where over 130,000-plus vacant positions in healthcare, and we know nurses are about 60% of those, were vacant. Look at that. Look at the uh, overtime you just uh, talked about, and look at the working short. Uh, what's the impact on the healthcare system, yeah, yeah. and what's the impact on patients? Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. We talk about the impact on the healthcare system, fair enough, but as you just said, it's also the impact on maybe primarily it's the impact on, on the patients. I, a few days ago, the vice president of the BC Nurses Union stated wait times for patients mm-hmm. are the worst she has ever heard. So, so we have the crisis, hundreds of thousands of, hundreds of, thousands of surgeries delayed, um, ERs jammed, nurses walking away. Why aren't we coming out of this crisis? We've had public health care for many decades. Why haven't we figured this out? How come we're not coming out of it? You and Dr. Smart were on this program together, the president of the Canadian Medical Association, just before the Premier's Conference, the Council of the Federation. And you talked to the Premier's. Why are we not coming out of this, Linda? Well, from my opinion, I think it's because we see healthcare as an expense. We never see it as an investment into our economy. We forget that every time a young pa- young parents have a child in our healthcare system or a cancer patient goes for their chemo or a surgery or whatever, we're not creating bankruptcy at the other end. We are supporting all of that. And, you know, there's an old saying, takes more than roads to build the economy, but it takes a healthy healthcare system too. So we need to start better planning. We need to do what we've done with our construction industry and plan long term look at what's going to be needed in five ten years and build a workforce for that and if need so build the buildings for that but we don't we work it into a political cycle that 
just gets a lot of talk around election time. Yeah. And then we're into a crisis. So do we say then, is it, does it become this conversation? And I don't want to say this, but based on what you just said, it's part of the discussion, part of the conversation. Does it become a, we're in a crisis, we're in a mess at the moment. We have hundred, again, hundreds of thousands of surgeries that haven't been done. We're way behind. Mm-hmm. Um, five million Canadians don't have a family doctor, so it breaks down right at that point. Uh, hospitals are jammed. Emergency rooms in some hospitals are closing for a couple of days at a time because they haven't got the staff. So do we then look five, ten years down the road, as you suggested, and say, whatever happens now, boy, this is tough to say, but whatever happens now is going to have to be collateral damage because we're not going to be ready to recover until we put in place plans that we think of now. No, 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 Roy. <laughs> Sorry if, I, if that's the impression I like. No, you didn't no. get that impression, but I think it's yeah. a relevant question after yeah. what you said. Yeah, no, uh, you know, there are ways to help the healthcare workforce, to help the nurses, the doctors, and the rest of the team. You know, why does a doctor or a nurse spend an hour in front of a computer system trying to find the proper form to uh, send a, a prescription or a test requirement to a, uh, for, a fa- for a patient? Uh, why does it take a nurse to porter a patient from one department to the other? You know, why do we have nurses having to clean uh, hospital rooms because there's not enough staff? So there's urgent things that governments could do right now to help the workforce, uh, such as meeting with our experienced nurses and saying, what does it take to keep you? What does it take to keep you working in my hospital on this unit right now for the ne- and next eight oh, Okay, oh, 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 let me jump in here. Is that not going on? No, no. Uh, we're having a lot of studies on what's wrong with the system. We're not having enough discussion on what can we do to fix it. So there are some good examples. You know, if I look at Newfoundland Labrador, uh, if I look at Nova Scotia, a bit in New Brunswick, a bit in PI, the Atlantic, it's, the discussions are happening faster, but they're also identifying we need more help. Very little discussion, if none, are happening in Ontario, Quebec, and then I go on to the rest of the country. Very little discussions are happening on how can we strategize, how can yeah, we but, but strategize to fix the situation now and then to plan better for tomorrow. But Linda, when you come out of the uh, the Premier's conference, the Council of the Federation meetings, mm-hmm. you and Dr. Smart were there a month mm-hmm. ago, almost exactly a month ago. And you were on this program almost exactly 48 hours before that conference began. So the politicians come out of the conferences and they say all the right things. Because mm-hmm. somebody wrote it out for them. You know? And it's the truth. They, they, press releases, media releases are written by somebody who says, let me write this in a closed way so there's no comeback. As few questions as possible. So why, um, why is this continuing? This is the question that people have. You can't keep, look, to me, the ideal world as far as healthcare delivery is concerned today is to get politics out of it. Because politics uses healthcare as a political football. It is used to win elections and hopefully not lose elections. But at the other end of that, of that scale is the patient, the healthcare provider, the nurse, the doctor, the orderly, the paramedic, 
They're all part of the system. And if the system doesn't work in one particular sphere, it doesn't work anywhere. Because they're interdependent, are they not? Yes, they're interdependent, but like it or not, we work into a world that is governed and governed by politicians. What I can tell you at the uh, Council of Federation meeting, yes, there was a press release, a very good press release written. But when we had our breakfast meeting with every premier except the premier of Quebec, they were looking at us in the eyes and they were as concerned as we were. And they agreed we needed a uh, a national plan. We needed national data to know exactly yeah. where we are going, but also funding to fix this and fix it for more than a generation. But what does the funding? Remember, what, what does the funding do, Linda? I mean, I understand we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars on healthcare now. Is 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 the answer spending more money? The uh, answer is spending smarter. And that is the key, and that's the message that uh, Nurses Union and CMA, uh, the Doctors Association, also said. W- you need to be careful where you put your money. Yeah. Yes, more money is needed. The federal yeah. government is not spending its fair share. That's post-COVID, because during COVID, you remember, the federal government stepped up to the plate and really uh, helped all the province and territory, any association, any unions that needed help, they were there. But now we're into a different type of crisis, which is a health human research crisis. Yeah. We're telling everyone we don't have enough educated bodies to take care okay. of Canadians or people living in Canada. I have, a crisis. I have 20 seconds here. That's all the time we have left. Let me ask you this question. Are you getting enough young people who want to get into the nurse's profession? Can you give me a really quick answer on that? Yes, we are. The key for us is to make sure they have attractive jobs in our communities that they will stay and work full-time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.